this is day 15,069 for me. We've been counting the number of days on this podcast. Each one of us, on average, has 28,000 days to make an impact. 28,000 days to make our lives count. 28,000 days to build our dreams, to build our businesses. And for me, well, 15,000 days into it, I'm sitting during the pandemic wondering what comes next. What kind of tools and resources are available for us to move forward? What kind of tools and resources are available for us to collaborate, to be able to take our businesses to the next level after this horrible time that we've all experienced over the course of the last few years? We have an amazing discussion lined up for all of you today. As usual, we are live streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and we're also having this discussion on Clubhouse, where you can come in, tell us your story, tell us about your business, tell us about what you're struggling with and where you want to go, and maybe we can figure it out together. And that's really what we're trying to do as a collective. That's one of the beauties of this new emerging social media platform that's about drop-in audio and being able to share our thoughts and our ideas. And so here's what happened earlier on this day. President Biden, along with Secretary Yellen, along with the SBA, pretty much all of the president's administration has come together with the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce to have in-depth discussions about what's really going on, to have in-depth discussions about the statistics that our community is facing, and to also showcase the resources and tools that we can all tap into and that are available free of charge to all of us. So that's the discussion today. And we have an amazing set of guests and we will also be listening in to some of the remarks made by President Biden, to some of the remarks made by Secretary Yellen. And we will be having questions from businesses throughout America that are in the Latino community and facing significant hardship. So that's where we are and that's what we have to talk about today. Should be an amazing show as we usually do. And we thank you for being a part of it as usual and one of my nearest and dearest friends is now the vice president of government affairs at the united states hispanic chamber of commerce we have done collaborative podcasts before but in this occasion it's a special one because well something pretty big happened this morning with the president getting together with him and his colleagues and so i'd like to introduce the Vice President of Government Affairs at the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, C. Leroy Cavazos. Leroy, it's awesome to have you back with us. And uh, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about what happened today. And if you could also introduce to all of us, your colleagues from the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Hector, thank you so much. And it's always a pleasure to be back with you live and on the air. It all started in 2008 in El Paso, Texas on talk radio. And here we are more than 12 years later, still at the game, my brother. So I appreciate it. My name is Sili Roy Cavazos Reina. I'm the Vice President of Government and International Affairs for the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, an organization that for the past 
41 years has been advocating for the economic interests of America's 4.7 million Hispanic-owned businesses who annually contribute $800 billion to the U.S. economy and who we represent a network of over 250 Hispanic chambers across the United States and in Puerto Rico. It is our honor, especially during this pandemic, to be hosting the 2021 USHCC Legislative Summit which has been keynoted today by President Joe Biden and keynoted tomorrow by Vice President Kamala Harris and a lot of the president's uh, cabinet. I'm honored today, Hector, to be joined by the USHCC team. Brianna Dimas, our Vice President of Programs and Communications, who hails from San Antonio, Texas, and our Chief of Staff, Richard Garcia, who is in Washington, D.C., hails from Long Beach, California, and who's also uh, native Mexican from the state of Jalisco, Guadalajara proper. And also Melanie Boyer, who is one of our Latina leaders in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and runs the Hispanic Chamber there. Thank you, all of you, for your hard work on this legislative summit as we tackle Latino issues, revitalize the American economy, and take our rightful seat, Hector, at the decision table, at the decision-making tables of America. Well, it's always awesome to collaborate with you, Leroy. Richard, Melanie, Brianna, welcome. Tell us a little bit about what it felt like today, being at the table with Secretary Yellen, with President Biden, with his entire administration, really. Richard, give us your initial impressions of what this was all about and how you felt. I mean, what were you feeling? Walk us through the emotions, man. Well, uh, Hector, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, we were in the green room and, you know, obviously walking through every light speaker that we had. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting to see an administration that seems to get it, that seems to understand the importance of supporting our Latino and minority owned businesses. They understand that COVID-19 has come to exacerbate the negative impact that and the inequities that our Latino community has faced in entrepreneurship and business for a very long time. And we saw it and we heard it earlier from one of our uh, fellow uh, panelists here that, you know, it was difficult to get a PPP loan when that first happened back in May, June of last year, you know, and they were left behind and we had to advocate and use our strong united voice to to make sure that they had equitable access to PPP loans. And, you know, ever since then, second round PPP funding, idle loans, you know, all these kinds of resources that have been stood up through our national advocacy and our national network of chamber leaders, including Melanie, who I'm super excited that she's joining us today as well. Uh, but really, it's, it, it feels like it's the first day of a very big project of helping, you know, kick off the recovery of our American economy. And I don't say that lightly. There's a huge daunting task in front of us. And it feels good to hear and, and most importantly, uh, be joined by our nation's leaders. But now it's time to continue the work and, and, and make sure that they follow. It was it was really exciting, Hector, I, I got to tell you. I'm sure it was, Richard, and I definitely want to get into more of those details of the feelings. But uh, Melanie, from the perspective of a city, uh, you've been presiding over the Pittsburgh Hispanic Chamber of Commerce during these pandemic times. I'm sure you personally know of business upon business that has been facing 
tough times. I mean, I'm a leader of an organization that's been facing those tough times myself. Tell us about what today felt like for you, and kind of those emotions that you went through today. Thank you so much. Well, I want to start by saying that over this time, I have been really active in calling our business members, um, calling our community members, and getting the one-on-one -on -one of how people are affected. Um, one of our members really, her story stuck with me. She had a newborn baby. Um, she had just renewed a lease for $6,000 a month, and she did not have any employees. She was making about $30,000 a month with her business. And when quarantine hit, she went from 30,000 to 300, just like that. Now, when the PPP came along, she didn't qualify because she didn't have employees and she just felt so missed. Um, and there are so many stories like that, um, you know, of all these different reasons why people couldn't get the assistance they needed. And now to see all the changes that are made, to see them be able to get the help that they they need now and to be a part of those conversations and decisions um, is something that really means a lot to me and has made me really excited with the USHCC you guys are just so amazing and making sure that we're a part of things personally I've been able to be on quite a few White House calls and connect with quite a few decision makers to be able to tell them our stories of our community um, and it's it's just been priceless. And I, I appreciate it very much. Thank you all for all the work you're doing every day. Thank you, Melanie. I mean, I'm sure you have so many more of those stories that we can talk about. I'd be, you know, I'm sure we'll hear some more this this, this evening uh, from people that are, that are having questions and facing questions. Brianna, let's come back to you. Based on your job description, I imagine today was incredibly <laughs> busy for you. Uh, and, and I'm thankful that you've taken the time after such a busy morning with so many things to, to talk to us. Give us a little bit of a behind the scenes. What were you feeling? What was it like? What were you doing? It's definitely yes. been a hectic day. <laughs> Thank you. My phone's been ringing a lot with just media calls and things like that. But it's, it speaks volumes. Just the speaker lineup itself makes us feel like we're at the table. Our leaders want us to be there. They want to talk to our members. That's It's a big feeling. And I also need to give a shout out just to the amazing access as far as language right now. Um, the SBA translation of documents, the SBA Spanish website being back up fully running, just more of the White House pages and social media pages being translated into Spanish is kind of a game changer, especially for our members. And it's something that we strongly advocate for and we're seeing a lot of great progress with, but it's definitely been an exciting day. Thanks, Hector. Well, I mean, and there's more to come. So for everybody that's just tuning in, Earlier this morning, President Biden, Secretary Yellen, the head of the SBA, I mean, pretty much all of Biden's administration came together with the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And what we're doing today is just having a little bit of a deconstruct, a little bit of a question and answer over everything that happened today. So many tools, so many resources available, so many questions. And we all want to get out from these pandemic times. We all want to further ourselves. Uh, in terms of the dream. And so that's what we're having a discussion today about. I have amazing, an amazing set of co-moderators with us today for this great panel. We'll also be listening in to some of the uh, comments and remarks that were made both by President Biden as well as members of his administration. Uh, we'll be doing that a little further on in today's uh, show. We're also going to be encouraging
encouraging all of you to be a part of these resources, which are available free of charge online. Uh, tomorrow, Vice President uh, Kamala Harris will be speaking and we will have more uh, of Biden's uh, administration be talking and, 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 and be answering questions. Uh, and so we will be doing this again tomorrow and we want you to be a part of it uh, as well. But uh, I'd like to introduce the amazing set of co-moderators we have. I'll begin with an amazing collaborator who I think uh, has done so much already for the Latino community as an ambassador uh, for our community on the corporate stage, not only in the United States, but internationally. She's still doing that right now. And then she's also on social media as an influencer on Clubhouse and the like. I'd like to introduce Amber Medina. Gracias, Hector, for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, the pandemic um, in my day job, right, um, I have really had to figure out how to help um, small businesses across the U.S. continue to provide their services and have uh, consumers be able to uh, afford their services. And so for me, it was how do we quickly go to market with solutions that can help? Um, how do we, as a corporation, help our small businesses be able to continue to sustain their business? How can we help them pivot to a more digital environment? Um, how can we make sure that they're equipped? Because as we know, especially in the Latino business, many of them did not have the resources to quickly pivot as some of the bigger retailers may have had or the bigger corporations. So for me, that's where my head was heads down working on. Um, and then secondly, um, I am all about women empowerment and Latino empowerment in their careers and uplifting people. And last year we saw that the biggest demographic that was impacted from job loss were Latinas, right? And Latina mothers were at the core of that. So for me, it was very important that I uh, mobilized to try to help and build uh, communication channels to help bring those women back into the workforce to make sure that if they were leaving, it was, you know, because they needed to leave, it was their choice. And if they did, how are we bringing them back into the workforce so that we can continue to help them grow right the pandemic certainly we had to take on so much responsibilities at home um, in our multi-generational homes but that doesn't mean that our careers stop and so building bridges for women especially our latinas to come back into the workforce whether that's with small businesses or corporations is really at the heart of a lot of what i do thanks for that amber i mean i think that that your story resonates and uh yeah i could probably go into more stories uh and i'd like to hear more from all of our co-moderators danae thank you for being one of our co-moderators today you're the founder of uh amigos the amigos uh clubhouse on uh, on clubhouse uh, and the clubhouse app that's kind of been taking the world by storm yes hector um thank you for that so yes i'm the founder of the amigos club we are the largest latino club on clubhouse uh we're 26,000 members strong um, you know, which is just a testament to the fact that we're here, we want to be seen, uh, we want to collaborate, we want to help each other out. The whole goal of this club, the whole vision of the club has been to elevate the Latino community by fostering resources and fostering connections and collaborations um, and uh, just, you know, opening up rooms that serve that purpose. And so, uh, it, you know, I'm excited that we keep continuing to grow and that we have these amazing conversations because we need to have these conversations. We need to make sure that we all have the resources um, that are available to us so that we can take advantage of them and really, um, you know, really do what we say we, we want to do, which is to elevate our community. Um, it's funny because um, 
So Yellen had uh, had referred to a uh, statistic, which is that um, so in the immediate years after the Great Recession, the number of Latino businesses grew by 3.3 percent. Right now, okay, that's an interesting number. But what's more interesting about that is that non-Latino-owned businesses declined by 3.6%. So after 2012, the number of Latino-owned businesses grew at more than twice the national average. So that just tells you we're entrepreneurial. We're here. We're doing the work. We're growing the economy. We are the economy. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I, I love having these conversations. I love having, um, you know, fostering this community. And uh, I can't wait to see how we grow and how we create. Thanks for that, Danai. Rodrigo, I know that you have a lot of uh, firsthand knowledge about what's been going on in terms of uh, the pandemic with businesses in the Latino community because you're leading one of your own. Hey, Hector, thank you so much for uh, uh, giving me space here on the stage. I'd like to also thank the co-moderators, especially Danai and Amber, for, for allowing me to just share the space with you. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, our businesses here in the community have been impacted. Uh, you know, COVID has been uh, really devastating to our community. Uh, Hispanics, Latinos are, are twice as likely to contract COVID-19. What does that mean to businesses? Well, unfortunately, that means that our consumer base for Hispanic-oriented businesses suffer, right? And not only that, but our, our job losses, you know, we only make up uh, 16% of the uh, job market, if you will, the civilian non-institutional population, but we still had 23%. So you, you can just tell the disproportionate number of of impacts that we have to the Latino community. Myself, I do have a small business, but what I wanna share right now is just, uh, is just a, a quick little anecdotal story where I was helping uh, a volunteer work with a community organization that, uh, called Soli Heart. I went to, uh, to a apartment complex and when I got there, I was canvassing the apartment and the stories that I heard from the people in the apartment complex, it just, just, it just stunned me. You know, people that worked in the restaurant industry, people that worked in the agricultural industry, pe people that just worked and now couldn't find the jobs or were struggling to take care of those jobs. They were disproportionately hurt. And so it really it really just set in stone. It really impacted me in the sense that, you know what, we're really affected, not just not just on numbers, but just with people and the experiences that they're having. So I'm really happy that we're having this conversation. I think it's critical. I think it's also more very important that everybody here on stage and in the audience take this information and make sure that we take it out to the community. Everybody here on Clubhouse, we're, we're talking about it and we're, we're, we know about it, but we need to take it out to the people that don't have that access, right? That are not on Clubhouse and may not know this and, and help them uh, apply for these loans and uh, get the help that they need because we, we are disproportionately affected. Yeah, you're so right about that, Rodrigo. Thanks for thanks for being so open and honest. And that's exactly what we want this discussion to be about. Leroy, why don't you give us just an overview? And Leroy is the Government Affairs Vice President of the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Give us the overview of what today shaped out like and what was the president talking about? What was Secretary Yellen talking about? G give us kind of a lay of the land as to what happened today and how it matters for pe everyday people that are listening here on Clubhouse and on other on, on, on the stream on the podcast. Well, Hector, uh, thank you so much. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the premise behind the USHCC's legislative summit is that we understand here at the chamber that 
Latinos deserve a seat at the decision-making tables of, of Congress. And as we try to get more Latinos and Latinas elected to Congress, organizations like ours are constantly advocating for more policies that better our community. Um, not only our business community, but the 61 million Latinos that currently live in our country. So what today was about as, as, as we began our, our, our legislative summit is really talking about small business, talking about access to capital, talking about government procurement for Latino businesses and making sure that Latino businesses have a fair share of the contracting pie in the federal government and in the corporate sector. So it, 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 it can't go without saying that Latinos are the, the, the road to American economic recovery runs through the Latino community. And let me say that again, the road to American economic recovery runs through the Latino community. And so under that umbrella and with that mentality is that we bring these people together to let them know where we stand on major policy issues, what we expect of them to do, and also to continue to build programming, which is what Brianna does for us at the chamber on our team, continue to build programming that will provide very necessary technical assistance uh, to those small businesses who are out there trying to keep their doors open. And President Biden, I think, really understands that it is, it, it is better to go and help save a business than to have a business have to hang a closed sign on their door. And it is better to have policies in this country that are inclusive of all communities than to have policies that undermine the economic vitality of our capability. And it is policies that this White House is putting out by extending programs like the Paycheck Protection Program and other SBA funded loans that will give our Latino businesses that opportunity. $15 billion just for restaurants and bars. I think the number was more than 26% of restaurants and bars in this country are owned by Latinos. So again, Hector, today was much more than President Biden and a lineup of speakers. Today was the Hispanic Chamber evolving its mission because it is our social, economic, and political responsibility to represent the 61 million and the 4.7 million Latinos that live in this country and to make sure that they're operational, to make sure that they're bankable, to make sure that they have good credit scores, to make sure that they have access to capital, and to make sure that our voices are being heard in this country. And that's what this legislative summit is all about. 
just hearing you speak makes me excited, Leroy. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the actual uh, nuts and bolts of the of, of, of all of the things that we could tap into to help further our organizations, our businesses, our dreams. Uh, it's just exciting to hear you talk. So without further ado, we're going to listen into President Biden and then we're going to move immediately into one of my co-moderators that I've been kind of holding as kind of the first representative of the business community to shoot his first questions uh, towards our panel from the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And that's Chef D.O.G. who runs a empanada business in the Baltimore, Maryland area. He will be coming shortly after President Biden. But let's, without further ado, go to President Biden and listen in to what his remarks, his public remarks were to the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I say public because we also know there's been conversations behind closed doors with the administration of what we can do to further the community. But these were the public remarks earlier today. It's an honor to be with you. I want to thank you for shining a light on the contributions and the struggles of Latino-owned businesses. The U.S. Latino market is a pillar of the U.S. economy, measuring $2.6 trillion in a recent study, which would rank it as the eighth largest economy in the world. Latino-owned businesses are an important part of that story and the heart and soul of so many main streets across the country. But I know how hard it's been the last years. It isn't easy to hang a clothes sign on a dream or a family legacy that you poured your heart into, heart into building. But for too many Latino entrepreneurs and employees have lived that heartbreaking reality of putting up that clothes sign. When I took office back in January, I promised that help would be on the way. And today, help is here. The American Rescue Plan is already helping get Americans vaccinated and putting money directly into Americans' pockets. It's a big part of the law that's helping small businesses keep their doors open as well. There's a big chunk that just does that. It provides emergency support to rehire employees you've had to let go in tough times and to purchase supplies and equipment that you need to operate safely. The law includes a small business opportunity fund to infuse capital in the neighborhoods that have been historically underserved by the federal government. And substantial grants, and I said that's grants, not loans, grants for mom and pop restaurants, food trucks, food stands, and other hard-hit establishments. We're also deploying community navigators to help connect small businesses with the relief programs so that folks without lawyers or bankers or consultants or accountants don't get left behind. The law is going to help a lot of Latino-owned businesses. The U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce helped us fight for this law. Now we're going to fight for you. We know that Latinos have historically faced discrimination when it comes to securing support for their businesses. But my administration, I promise you, is going to stand with you to invest in Latino-owned businesses and rebuild, in the consequence, the backbone of this country. Working families, the middle class, folks who built this country, we have a lot ahead, a lot of hard work ahead, but together, we're going to get our economy back on track and hang an open sign on tens of thousands of Latino-owned small businesses once again. I promise you we can do this. And we will do it. And we will do it together. God bless you all. 
that was the President of the United States uh, in his remarks to the United, his public remarks to the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Obviously, his entire administration was at the convention earlier today. They unrolled a series of workshops. By the way, these workshops are free of charge for the public. If you want to participate in these workshops, tomorrow is another convention day. You can go online and just register for free and just be a part of it. All you need to do is go on to the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce website and, and be a part of this. But we're going to have an in-depth discussion into what we talked about today. And I'd like to introduce the final co-moderator of, of today's discussion. Uh, he is currently in business in the restaurant sector of things, the food service sector of things. In the Baltimore, Maryland area, Chef Theo G owns an empanada business and he's trying to grow it. And he's trying to look into innovative ways of growing things. But Chef, earlier today, you and I were having a personal discussion as we both watched uh, the president's remarks together. And you had some questions that perhaps you can lay out here for the panel to begin to uh, consider in terms of what businesses are facing. And maybe the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce panel can can help us dive into the discussion. And you're the first one up at bat. So thank you for that introduction. Um, I always call you the uh, the person with the best introductions in the world. Um, but, uh, my name is, uh, Chef Theoji. Um, a lot of you guys have, uh, seen me in different rooms, uh, in and out of clubhouse. Um, I run Theoji's Empanadas and Latin Kitchen in, uh, the Baltimore area of Maryland. And, um, the question that I have is, um, we're all aware of, you know, what the pandemic has done to the restaurant sector. And... You know, there are countless number of businesses um, and Latino owned businesses that are just no longer open. Um, is there anything being done for the next generation that's trying to open up their brick and mortar um, or just trying to find the, the, the capital means of, you know, just doing their own project as a, as a small business owner? You're talking about from scratch, right? Like from this point forward, starting like from scratch, from scratch. starting again? Yep. Okay. Well, well, we'll put that question out for for our guests from the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, from the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm not sure. Richard, uh, Leroy, Melanie, Brianna, your thoughts? Sure, I'll jump in, uh, Hector, and let my colleagues uh, uh, probably uh, improve the answer much more. but. Uh, Chef, no, that's a great question. I think the biggest thing that we're trying to do is make uh, access to capital and, you know, applying for loans and uh, having a business banking relationship as a business owner more mainstream in the Latino community. One of the biggest things that we see is that a lot of, and we saw this last year with PPP, a lot of our Latina and Latino entrepreneurs lacked that business relationship with a local banker just because so many of our Latino-owned businesses are started on credit cards or savings or 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 whatever, you know? And so we need to make it, it, it's a matter of financial literacy. It's a matter of making sure that we're ready for when hopefully we don't have another crisis like this, but for when another crisis comes, economic or otherwise, we have these pre-existing relationships with lending institutions, whether it's the big banks, the JP Morgans, Wells Fargo's of the world, Bank of America, et cetera, or even community development financial institutions and other, you know, smaller minority depository institutions all across the country. They do a lot of great work, especially working with, uh, 
you know, uh, chambers of commerce at the local level and other business associations to make sure that they provide services, financial services to underserved and underbanked communities. So I think one of the biggest pillars that we have in front of us as we talk about the next generation to come in terms of business owners is raising that level of awareness and education in our community to make it mainstream to have a, a, a relationship. It's, it's, the, it's a difference between, you know, not feeling like, you know, a banking relationship is something that's out there or like, you know, it's not for us or something. It's making sure we say, no, you need to make sure that, you know, you have a line of credit that you have, you know, all your paperwork in order, etc. And we'll walk you through how to make that happen as a U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, working with our local chambers, of course. But we need to make sure that they have equitable access to the capital, first of all. And so after that, you'll take we take it to the education and how to grow and scale businesses. But that's just my preliminary thoughts, team. I don't know, uh, Lyric, Bree, Melanie, if you had anything else to add. Well, I think I'll add a little bit, uh, Richard and, and Chef. Thank you so much for your service to the greater Baltimore area. Um, it's great to see Latino businesses like yours still thriving. This is what we're doing, Chef. We're asking Congress to set aside goal setting in federal agencies so that Latino businesses have access to apply for government contracts. That's one thing. We're asking Congress to set aside billions of dollars so that businesses like yours don't have to go to big banks, so that businesses like yours can use community financial uh, depository institutions, CDFIs, or now the newest trend, fintechs, that are becoming very big in this lending space to smaller businesses. And then the third thing, as, as Richard alluded to, is financial literacy, is education. We got to continue to educate our business community and provide them with the necessary technical assistance so that they can operationalize their idea, so that they can operationalize their passion, so that they can bring tangibility to the generational effect that their family has left with them, so that they can monetize that operation, that passion, and that tangibility. And that all lies in education, collaboration, and all of us coming together to lift our community up. We need to get rid of the divisiveness in our community. And we need to continue to work together in order so that we can open new businesses, so that we can establish new entrepreneurs. Um, I see one entrepreneur in this uh, clubhouse room right now that I'd like to give a personal shout out to. He's a good friend of the USHCC. His name is Beto Altamirano from San Antonio, Texas, runs a tech company called Hey Iris um, and just got accepted into the Kennedy School at Harvard. I'd like to publicly congratulate him, but definitely a, 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 an example, an example of what entrepreneurship is um, and how it evolves. Um, and how technology is going to be the new wave of evolving Latino businesses. I love the comments, Leroy, and I appreciate all of you sharing. And I definitely want to hear thoughts from Melanie and, and Brianna as our as we develop more of these questions from the audience. I'd like to give an opportunity to the moderators, the co-moderators. Maybe we can begin with Rodrigo. You're, you've mentioned you were a business owner yourself. Hector, I appreciate it. And uh, once again, um, owner, I have a very small business uh, doing mediation services, but more important to me is just the tone of the administration. Uh, we know that the last administration started off basically at war with Latinos. 
coming down an escalator. And then when COVID struck, instead of uplifting our people, we, we were in the shadows still, even though we were given letters by the Department of Homeland Security, considering our agricultural workers who were undocumented, critical to the food supply chain, to now this, where the administration, the Biden administration is now taking direct approach towards Latinos, making sure that we are considered, that we're, it's a dedicated line to us. I, I can I can tell you this much. I am thrilled. I appreciate it so much because it is a, a marked contrast to the last administration. And so for everybody that's on here on the Biden administration, for, for just for me, but I'm sure I share this with a lot of people. I am very appreciative and, and, and le doy muchas gracias a la administración para todo lo que está haciendo ahorita y le doy mucha confianza que va a seguir en esa dirección. Amber, any thoughts of yours that you may have, questions? I think for me, you know, my question is, what can corporations who um, have either products or services that Latino businesses leverage, what can corporations do to better um, partner with the Chamber of Commerce as well as um, serve the community of Latino businesses? I'll just jump in first. Uh, I want to make sure that the rest of the team chimes in too, but uh, thanks, Amber, for that question. I think you said it well in, in your question, actually. How can how can corporations work with uh, businesses and chambers? Well, then just work directly with chambers and with businesses. And what I mean by that is these corporations, you know, they put out, you know, we're obviously thankful to the USACC for, member, for our corporate members, of course. But we always push that they need to do better work at the local and the state level as well. And make sure that they become members, you know, especially those that have national footprints with the local community, because that's how best you can help advocate for them and help them and listen to them and get an up-to-date pulse on what the needs are of the Latino business community. You know, for us at the USHCC, oftentimes we get corporate members that come in and say, hey, you know, we just started an employee resource group, you know, a, a subgroup of uh, our national employees for Latinos, but we don't, we want, we know we want to start it, but we don't know where to start. Can you help us out? And then we can say, you know, we're a vehicle, right? So as a chamber, so we'll connect them with the right folks so that, you know, they develop Latina and Latino leaders to climb up the corporate ladder and get to become, you know, C-suite executives and board members, etc. Others will say, hey, you know, we have a budget, of course, for procurement and we want to increase our supply diversity. How can we do that? You know, we plug them in and say, you know, let's put together a matchmaking session. Let's train you on, on how to, you know, reach out to the chamber leaders from across the country. And let's also make sure that corporations support chambers at the local, state and national level to set up these education training seminars so that our Latino and Latino owned businesses are ready to compete for contracts with corporate America. And and the list goes on. So I think the main point that I would say is, you know, corporations just need to get close to local chambers, to state chambers, and make sure that they work collaboratively with them and participate in committees. And we have a very active procurement council advisory board, which is just a fancy way of saying, you know, a corporate board where uh, our members tell us directly about how we can help them and they can help us in terms of expanding supplier diversity for Latina and Latino businesses. And I, I think that's a great start. Thank you so much. I love what you said because here on Clubhouse, we've actually hosted quite a few rooms um, and we often get the question from Latino business owners of how they can better, um, you know, 
get these contracts with either government contracts or large corporations. So thank you so much for saying what you did. And if you're in the audience, I hope you heard that, right? Um, also participate and make sure that you're being um, part of your local chamber of commerce because they do have these services. So thank you so much, Richard. Jenny, Jenny, do you have a question for our panel? Yes, thank you all so much for setting up this conversation and for your expertise. I am in Jenny and I'm in Georgia. I also am part of the Hispanic Young Professional Entrepreneurs under the Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And my question is about the PPP support. There has been a lot of conversations that certain banks are having folks, certain folks have background checks and credit checks and not requiring it for everybody. And so of course, the belief here is that more of our black and brown community members who are applying for this will probably get stuck in that. Is there any education or any support to protect our young, specifically our young folks who are starting their own businesses and trying to apply to these loans to understand that they do not have to have a credit check affiliated with this? Or are there any supporting banks that you all are working with that can help ease some of this information that they're not getting? that's available online that they can help understand and guide them through this process. Hi, Jenny, this is Brianna. I can jump in and then turn it to Leroy, who I know has a lot more information, but this uh, is related to the chef's uh, question as well. One of the things that we're proud to, pr uh, to provide at, at no cost at the USHCC is technical assistance, and it's uh, bilingual technical assistance. And that just means anybody can call our office, email us, reach out to us and say, this is the issue I'm having. The bank told me this. I was rejected for this reason, and we try to send you to the next step to, to help you get through that process and for a lot of folks um you know that's really the one thing that's stopping them is that nobody's there to to help after you get a rejection or after you have a hurdle or an obstacle that comes up uh no either they're not speaking the the language that the person needs to understand or they're not willing to have the patience to, to work through with you on that and we're one of the only nonprofits that i know of that's providing that kind of technical assistance so we're really proud to be able to help as many latino business owners as possible i always say if i can't find the answer i'm going to find somebody that can and make sure and connect you to that person not just give you a contact, but make sure and see it through. And so that's something that I think more organizations need to offer. But uh, for sure, I know we do a lot of advocacy work with CDFIs that I'd love for Leroy to just close out that question with. Well, Brianna, thank you so much. And Jenny, thank you so much for your question. I think that it's so critically important to have our youth involved in our Hispanic chambers across the country. Brianna and I, when we worked for America's first Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in San Antonio, founded in 1929, we were big proponents of our youth program, of our mentorship program, and of our internship program, because those are the entrepreneurs that are going to carry this American economy forward. Um, and so we got to prepare them. We have to stand up for them and we have to make sure that they have a fair shot in the baseball game of of procurement in this country and becoming part of the American supply chain. So definitely on the banking question, I definitely always recommend look to your smaller banks, your credit unions, your minority depository institutions. The USHCC heavily advocated for the question about previous incarcerations to fall off of loan applications. And we continue to make those loan applications and advocate for more e equity in them. 
So it, it's a definitely a process. American bureaucracy is not fixed overnight. And it is uh, the responsibility of citizens like us to continue to speak out and advocate. And I just wanted to touch real quick before I yield my time on one of the points that, that <clears throat> was asked earlier by Amber is, how do we get corporations to better understand this? We hold corporations accountable. I want to add to that, Leroy. You know, I think the points made by Amber and Leroy, you guys are dead on about our corporations. I think up until very recently, we've had so many corporations recognize that they need to reach the Hispanic market. And they've had all of these plans and things where it just felt like checking the box. And I think that with the efforts made by the USHCC um, and the way things are going recently, we're finally starting to see where we can hold that accountability. Um, and it's, it's just just a great feeling. Make sure you're connecting with these founders. You know, whatever you're looking for, whatever position you're looking for, there are Latinas out there with the experience, with the and Latinos with the experience and everything that they need. So many times we hear that, you know, we looked but we didn't find any, and we just we need to stand up and hold them accountable. Amazing discussion such so far. I'm enjoying every single piece of this discussion. The question is that. Um, we the plug is rooted in fundamentals and actually building companies as opposed to, you know, the VC. And then much has been mentioned about the conversation, venture capital, we need funding, we need funding. Um, where, how, how do I ask this question? Is there any funding that is allocated towards um, talent development? Um, because it seems like the money is going to the, the funding, which is great. and. You know, that is a serious problem that needs to be solved. However, you know, walking through my travels and, you know, me being um, averse at lean innovation and design thinking, speaking with founders, a lot of founders don't necessarily understand the fundamentals of how to actually build a company, uh, specifically, or particularly in the tech and startup space. And so um, just wanted to know, is there any funds that are going to be allocated towards development as opposed to jet, as well as um, funding uh, for capital for startups and companies. Personally, from the VC side, it is just so active on Twitter. I know that's kind of a weird thing, but since we're all kind of enclosed and staying in one place, um, you know, there are a lot of different programs that you can go through to make the connections. But I would really say as a founder starting up and unable to travel and you know, do the things we traditionally do. There are a ton of things on VC Twitter and people putting out calls for pitches where you can research, get right in, make a meeting. If you want to DM me, I would be more than happy to, you know, talk to you, hear a little bit about what your company does and what you're looking for and try to match you with some of the VCs that I know of. Um, but if you're asking specifically legislatively, I actually think that Leroy might know a little better, um, you know, where the bumps in funding are right now. Well, thank you so much. And, you know, Luis, you bring up a very good point. You talk about talent development, which translates into workforce development. And that's part of this game. We have to work with universities and community colleges and technical schools out there to develop our talent, especially in the tech sector, because that's where the future is, is in technology and how we're going to make sure to maintain a workforce in America while we innovate new technology. It's very, that's very important because we don't want to get 
rid of jobs. So I would I would say, Luis, that we have to find those programs, those programs that are teaching entrepreneurship, those programs that are teaching how to access capital. And we have to be able to control our own capital in the Latino community. That's one thing that I think a lot of other communities have been very good at. We have to uh, be able to have our hands um, on, on, on capital and we have to become more philanthropic. The Latino community has to become more philanthropic if we're going to be able to really stand in the sun wearing our white hat and being able to distribute money to grow um, entrepreneurs in our community. So I, I hope that that answers your question, Luis. And um, I know that there are people in this room right now that have passion for talent development, that have passion for innovating technology, and that have passion for controlling um, the capital that we need in order to scale our Hispanic businesses and develop new business. So, well, Luis, I, I, this is Danny, by the way, and I'll add one thing. Um, I've been there creating space for a while, and uh, there's someone in the Bay Area that's built a really great company. He's also Latino as well, Ruben Harris. I try to see if he'd be able to come on here if anyone knows if they should ping him. Uh, he has a Career Karma, which is a really great uh, platform for training development um everybody but definitely focusing on latino and latino market uh so i definitely check out i don't work for them i'm not sponsored by them but he's a he's a friend he's also building some really cool as well what's his name again ruben harris all right thank you appreciate it hi everyone i'm samara i work at google on the business side so it's i get to work with small businesses my parents are small business owners i'm a small business owner so i'm really passionate about connecting our community to resources um, Luis, if you want to reach out, um, I know some Google resources that are free that oftentimes are catered for Black and Latinx communities. Um, so happy to shoot some of those over if, if you're interested as well. We all get to learn and we're all, I hope you all have your paper and pen and you're jotting down your notes. Luis, thank you for all you do for our community. That is amazing. We need to continue to have these kinds of discussions and we will. By the way, if you're wondering what this is being uh, recorded for, it is the 28,000 Days podcast. You can find it on Spotify. You can go on to Spotify, look up 28,000 Days. By the way, tomorrow, Vice President Kamala Harris is going to be speaking with everyone, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Hector, well, guess what? We've been joined by our president and CEO. He was able to make it quickly um, in anticipation of Vice President uh, Kamala Harris's speech tomorrow. Ramiro, it's been it's been so nice as a member of the El Paso, Texas Latino community and just watching you from uh, the various capacities I've been in, whether it's with my current organization or before when I was uh, within the Latino organization mix. You've been a leader in our community, bar none. I've observed you since San Antonio and all the things you did in San Antonio. And to see you now on a national stage, sitting down with Secretary Yellen, sitting down with President Biden, sitting down with his administration and really advocating for us. I got to say, I, I want to thank you from the bottom of our heart. You have an amazing team. Uh, and I just want to say kudos to what you've been doing. I mean, it's everybody today has been kind of saying that it's been amazing what you've been producing out there. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Hector. And uh, before I start, I just want to thank everyone that's joined us tonight and 
on Clubhouse. This is the first time that I personally, I've been a member or uh, been on the app for a while, thanks to Melanie. And uh, thank you, Melanie, for opening up my eyes uh, and ears, literally. And I just want to thank our team that's on here, Richard, Brianna, Leroy, and everyone. Uh, the, I, I'll be very brief. Uh, the Latino uh, people of color, we're the future of the economy and the rebuild of our nation's uh, existing situation. And unless we have equity, unless we break down barriers, and unless we uh, embrace people of color and women, our LGBTQ community, our Latino community, uh, we will not be continue as the largest and strongest economy in the world. And we represent small businesses, 30 million small businesses. And during the last recession, Latino businesses uh, were 80% of the economic recovery uh, prior to COVID. And now we're going to lead that effort again with your help. And I, I love the innovation that, um, you know, everyone has been talking about. And I just want to say, uh, join us tomorrow. We're very uh, interested in listening to each of you and what we need to do as a, as a nation from a policy standpoint. We represent you. We work for 260 Latino chambers around the country in Puerto Rico, 5 million Latino owned businesses, and of course, uh, 61 million uh, Hispanic Americans that uh, are uh, one out of every five people. And, and it, it, this is the fifth, sixth largest economy in the world on its own larger than the whole economy of India with 1.3 billion people. And so we're very uh, strong, we're very proud, and we need to use our voice. So I'll just stop there and just say, what a pleasure it is to be with all of you. And we're excited to be here with you as well, Ramiro. I mean, uh, sure. the head of the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce sitting here with us, pretty much the entire executive team of the entire, the entire executive team of the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce pretty much is here with us, ready, willing, and able to enter into direct discussions with all of you. We also have a sitting president of uh, the Pitts, the sitting president of the Pittsburgh Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, which I mean, this is an amazing panel. How how do you feel personally, Ramiro, to see this level of response from a presidential administration, the, the, the team that has surrounded your team in terms of sitting down at the table and saying, all right, what can we do? How can we work on this? How do you feel reaching that level when I know you've been working from the grassroots level on up in terms of trying to get that level of, of representation at the table? Metrics, data, our economic impact, our passion. We have uh, served our country uh, since the um, colonial, American colonial period. Uh, the dollar sign came from the Spanish, from the, the peseta, the Spanish peseta. That was the official symbol of the monetary uh, system in the, in the U.S. and has been now close to 300 years. 10 out of our ten, uh, 50 states, uh, their name comes from uh, our Spanish language, and uh, and and then, uh, quite frankly, um, look at the beautiful culture uh, and the language that that we uh, have, second only, of course, to English and or Chinese uh, throughout the world in utilization, and and so 
this is our time, Hector. This is our time. And, and in Spanish, the word is autoestima, self-esteem. We need to own uh, our strength and our power and uh, not, not take a backseat to anyone. And there's so much that we contribute and we're too humble. And so I would just say respect is the one word that I would say is what gives me great pride and joy in uh, having quite quite honestly, every major elected official uh, at the federal level join us this year, but that should be every year and it should not be a one-off. It should not be, well, it's an election year and and we're going to show up. It, you know, we we are the workforce of the future. We are the, the consumers, the fastest growing consumer in America and our U.S. economy, 70% of our U.S. economy, the largest economy in the, in the world is driven by uh, consumer spending, consumers, us buying goods from one another. And we're the vendors of the future. We have 5 million companies ready to do business with uh, Fortune 1000 firms and, and the U.S. government, which is the largest buying service in the world. We pay our more than our fair share of taxes. And uh, we, we, you know, we've built this country and 10% um, of the construction firms in this country are uh, Latino owned and growing. And 70% of the people working in restaurants in uh, the, the, not just the kitchens, but throughout restaurants are Latino. And, uh, and we're not a race, we're an ethnic group. We are Afro-Latino, 20% of, uh, of us are Afro-Latino. We're also Asian Latinos, and then we're Caucasian Latinos. We, we are an, a beautiful, multicultural, passionate, uh, uh, you know, uh, group that uh, embraces uh, each other and supports one another and we just need to uh, make sure that we keep growing and and to uh, not let uh, rejection or failure the first time hold us back absolutely uh, we need it we need to be stronger and so again we we just need to own our power and have strong self-esteem and uh, feel like we belong because we built this country. And, uh, and we were the original Americans next to Native Americans, as you all know. So let's own it, folks. And I'm proud of each of you. And, and, and you all are the kings and queens of the future of this economy. And uh, let us know the tools you need, the capital, the contracts, the connections. And that's where the U.S. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce uh, is here to help you. Let's go to Beto. Beto, your thoughts on today's topic hey hector thank you i see so many familiar faces uh leroy thank you for that shout out you know i love you brother you're the best brie we see also richard ramiro of course is here uh winslow oh my god it's like it's san antonio over here you know <laughs> uh, it's so great to be here with everyone um you know one thing that i'm really interested in learning more and and, and of course we, we we don't all have the answers right but it has to do with innovation, right? I mean, we've read the Stanford study, right, where it says that for the past 10 years, uh, you know, business, Latino business owners have grew 34% compared to all, you know, to 1% for all business owners, right? Uh, that's, that's huge, right? But however, you know, when you compare it to, let's say, white-owned firms or businesses, we're still under the, the, the a low margin, right, in revenue, right? It's 1.2 versus 2.3. So, when you think about it, right, it's about generational wealth. And, and we have to build businesses that go beyond just the mom and pop shops. 
yes, our parents, you know, built that taqueria in the corner, but they were not thinking about scaling it, right? I see Chef is in the, on this call, right? And he's thinking about scaling that business, that it hits every corner of the United States. And that's the mentality that we need to have uh, as a group, right? But one thing that I think is preventing us to getting there is funding. Uh, 2.7% of Latino and Black founders in the tech world received VC funding last year. That's really low. So there's not a lot of innovation funding out there, right? And that's a big challenge. My company is venture-backed. I'm the CEO and founder of Iris Technology. We focus on, on community building and we raised funding. And it was really hard. It was almost impossible, right? But we made it through. And one thing that also helped us was SBIR, right? SIBR, uh, they call it the Small Business Innovation Research. However, a lot of Latino founders in San Antonio, for example, or in Texas or across the United States do not know enough about SBIR. So if they're starting their own tech firm or they have you know, a digital co company working on digital solutions, they can apply to the Small Business Innovation Research uh, Grant, but they don't know enough about it, right? So I'm interested in learning more about how SBA, right? How the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce is gonna you know, empower or leverage those tools to educate potential tech leaders, Latino tech leaders to fundraise uh, through SBIR, which does a lot of the matching of private funding and also empowers uh, Latino founders to step into the federal government and solve some of the most pressing uh, challenges through the use of technology. I just want to say uh, I love what you've done and built. You are an example of uh, passion and innovation, creativity and ganas. And uh, I just want to say thank you for uh, really your concerns, your question. And you're right. The number one need is capital for our businesses to scale and grow. And we've talked about it for years. We got to do something about it. And I want you to know uh, that uh, we are doing everything that we can. We spoke today with, of course, uh, our wonderful new SBA administrator, uh, Isabella uh, Casillas Guzman. Uh, she's got a great team uh, on her team uh, uh, of uh, associate administrators. We spoke with uh, Secretary of Treasury Janet Yellen. We want to be the money managers. We want uh, that if we put Latinos and Latinas managing money, it's going to go to more Latinos and Latinas. We should not just have to wait to find venture capital or capital from from banks or community banks. We need to realize that today fintechs and 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 angel investors and uh, all sorts of opportunities uh, are growing. And uh, and if anything, we've learned through COVID. Beto, as you know, is that the the game, the rules have, have changed in the game, and and so uh, thank you for for what you've done in spite of all the obstacles. Uh, uh, <laughs> you are an example of just that tenacity, and I just want to say you have our commitment that we will work with you and everyone on this call. Um, and you know, Melanie from Pittsburgh Hispanic Chamber, thank you, Melanie, for your passion because she is someone that is actually uh, looking at venture and angel investment and, and to own that in, in her community. Um, and, and so I just want to say that we, we, uh, as I was telling somebody today said, hey, we've broken all the records of attendance at our legislative summit. And you know what? It's true. But I feel like we're just now getting started. We're just getting warmed up. And so, Beto, we will bring the SBA administrator and, of course, Secretary Yellen and hopefully uh, others 
to join you and other entrepreneurs so we can cure for once and for all the capital limitation that's holding back $1.5 trillion of new investment and economic impact. If we gave people the capital they needed to grow and scale, as you said, and they were the Latino businesses that are out there ready to grow, we would uh, grow more than $1.5 trillion uh, of additional GDP in the U.S. economy. I mean, it just makes good business sense, Beto. Thank you, Ramiro. I appreciate your words and, and your feedback on that. And and I know that you're doing a great job at the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I mean, your background is great and, and it's going to have a lot of impact. Yeah. And for those that are listening, if you're interested in the Small Business Innovation Research Grant and you want to learn more about it, reach out to me. I, I won a, a, a grant through that program and I can also coach you and, and help you out on that front. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Beto. Beto, thank you for being such an amazing resource and volunteer for that. So like Beto just shared his resources, this is happening on a daily in our community now. And with the kind of leadership that we have right now in DC, many of whom are here with us this evening, um, we're at the table and we're able to bring the conversations that we're having here to the White House. We're able to bring the conversations that we're having here to the legislature, to the Senate, to the House, and, and all over so that we can make sure that, as it's been said before, that the future of our country, that the rebuilding begins with us, begins with our community, with our businesses, and with what we're trying to do. We're all trying to achieve big dreams. We're all trying to do that next big thing. We've had an amazing set of moderators, co-moderators that made all of this possible. Tomorrow, we'll be bringing all of our co-moderators back, I hope, to have discussions with us uh, in, in, a, in a different setting. We'll be bringing our conversation to one of the largest clubs on Clubhouse, and uh, we'll be hopefully trying to bring this discussion now into the mix with beyond the Latino community. So us as Latinos, will be talking about our community and our stakeholder position uh, that we, we are now staking out, and we'll be talking with other members on Clubhouse, other individuals on Clubhouse on a, on a, on a different club as well. I want to thank from the bottom of my heart, Danai, Amber. I want to thank Rodrigo, Tio, Chef Tio G. I want to thank everyone who's made this possible. Um, and, and in particular, I also want to thank the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce for being so collaborative, for being, bringing that spirit that is so, so much a hallmark of who we are as Latinos. It all happened on a whim. It happened because of friendship, a long-standing friendship that uh, that Leroy and I have had. And I have also had the privilege of knowing uh, Ramiro and, and Richard and observing them in their leadership capacities. And so it's great when you can just pick up the phone and say, this is something that should be happening, happening digitally. Let's make it happen. And that's the conversation I had with you, Amber, and, and I had with you, Danai. And we said, hey, let's bring it to the Amigos Clubhouse. And it, it was awesome. So uh, let's begin with Amber and Danai, your take on today, your big lessons from the day, and any closing thoughts or comments from, from you. For those of you who know me and uh, have been a part of this club, you know that my big thing is... Um, we need to always take action. We need to always take action because it's up to us. And as you can see, there are so many people up on the stage who that's what they do. They walk that walk. So my takeaway from this is that we have 
some resources that are there for us that people have worked really, really hard to bring to us. And so now we need to take that action. We need to go and connect, make these connections created for us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I am done. I am done speaking. Hey guys, so this is Amber. Um, look, if you've ever been in a clubhouse room with me, you know that you will not leave one of my rooms without knowing that we all have tremendous responsibility. We all showed up here today. We know more. We know better. It's time to do better and to share the wealth of knowledge that happened in this room, the wealth of resources that happened in this room with our greater Latino community. Um, I proudly wake up every day as the Latinx leader for a Fortune 50 bank. Um, every day, I have tremendous responsibility to develop financial products, to develop marketing, to develop um, philanthropy, to develop a potential pipeline to our ventures team of diverse companies that are Latino based. And I wear that badge and that responsibility with honor and with much um not just with honor, but I take that as I get to every day impact the financial wealth of our community. Um, thank you, Hector. Thank you to everybody who was on stage today. Uh, my little brown heart is exploding with pride and it's exploding with happiness. Mine too, Omega. Mine too. And thanks for being a part of this and helping facilitate all this. Uh, I really appreciate what we're what we're doing together as a community, you know, and we all came together because we kind of played off of each other well in other conversations and that's the beauty of what happens here in, in digital conversations on this platform and I, I can't thank you enough for the support. Rodrigo, let's go to you. Uh, I just want to thank everybody here from the, the U.S. Hispanic cha Chamber for, for being here and just uh, taking the questions. Uh, just to let everybody know on the stage and more importantly in the audience, I am a successful product of the help that I received from the Houston Hispanic Chamber. Uh, I worked with uh, Jennifer Sierra and Dr. Laura G. Murillo. Uh, La Doctora Murillo is an amazing, phenomenal Latina. And she does a lot of good work out there in the chamber. Uh, I won't say that I needed too many resources, but the fact that I knew that the resources were there and that they provided the help for the greater community there in Houston is amazing. So I really appreciate the time that the staff has taken to be there over here and to hold these t important conversations. And like Danae and Amber were saying, we, we have to stick to we have to stick together. We have to help each other out. If one person has the resources, the knowledge or even the experience, let's help out those that don't. And I think that's the best uh, message that I can partake right now that we can give each other right now. And one last thing I'll say is uh, I can't wait to see those pictures when Chef Deal delivers those empanadas to the entire U.S. Hispanic Chamber over there in D.C. area. I, I know he's going to make some empanadas for you. I already see it right now, those pictures. And with that awesome intro, let's go to Chef Theo G, who's been, you know, Chef, you've been taking the clubhouse world by storm. Every room you're in, then I end, I, I, you end up talking to everyone. And then I, I'm on Instagram, just kind of, you know, going through everybody. And I'm seeing people posting pictures all over the planet, man. People are receiving your empanadas. You're out there, you're hustling, you're trying to make it work. Despite the pandemic, you're representing our community amazingly well thoughts on today, lessons on today. Chef? First and foremost, I just appreciate the wealth of knowledge um, that was bestowed upon us today. Um, it was definitely insightful. Um, Hector, you and I, we, we listened to the address uh, by President Biden. I'm definitely going to tune in tomorrow and just uh, listen to what Vice President Harris has to say. The one thing that I take away from this is that, you know, small business owners are not alone. And there are, you know, a, there's a wealth of information out there. You just have to seek it. 
So I definitely just appreciate um, the U.S. Chamber and how uh, just insightful and knowledgeable you all are. Uh, Melanie, tell us your takeaway thoughts and then tell us a little bit about the announcement for tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you everyone on stage for everything that you do in the community. Um, you guys t on your closing remarks really touched on some things I was thinking about community and resources. But with the legislative summit, something that it always brings to the front of my mind, which has been throughout COVID, is how important government legislation is in every day, day to day in our lives and especially in our businesses. And I hope that one of the major takeaways that everyone has is to stand up and speak up because our voices need to be heard. We should have a voice. We do have a voice. And that is one thing that the United States Hispanic Chamber is doing every day. They are advocating for us, but they want to hear, you know, from the community, from the chambers, from the business owners. And as a nonprofit, a local nonprofit, you know, we need to hear from the community as well to know how best to advocate. And if you don't speak up and you aren't aware of what's going on, you know, we don't know what steps to take. I know it's so easy to want to step away from sometimes the negativity of politics. But if you want to turn that negative to a positive, the first thing you need to do is speak up. And everyone here on stage is a person who will walk you through, who will talk to you about it and advocate for you every day. And then I want to announce, which thank you so much for the intro. We are going to be hosting the next one of these conversations tomorrow um, after uh, after the legislative summit is over, um, which you guys can still register at ushcc.com in the talk club, which has, I believe, about 250,000 followers, maybe a little bit more here on Clubhouse. It was one of the first clubs, um, and there are people from all walks of life there. Um, and of course, it's really important to have it here in a Latino group, but I think that, you know, the general population, all business owners, all community leaders, everyone needs to hear what Latinos are doing, the strides we're making, the impact we're having, and how they can connect with us and our businesses and how they need to if they want to be successful in the future. So as a reminder, again, um, you can sign up at ushcc.com and um, Vice President Kamala Harris will be speaking. We'll have corporate supplier diversity and scaling Hispanic business enterprises. So I hope to see you all there. And so with that, let's get to the executive team of, of the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm sure you're ex exhausted but excited about tomorrow. Thank you, Hector, again, and to all the moderators for bringing us together. This has been one of the best conversations. We love the clubhouse crowd, and we can't wait to be back with you. Uh, the biggest takeaway is we hope to see every one of you tomorrow, ushcclegislative.com. Be sure you're registered. Be sure you're on 11 o'clock Eastern. We have such a great lineup. There's no cost to attend. Please share it with your folks use the hashtag ushcc legislative join the conversation we'll put your tweets on the screen and everything and pull you guys up uh, but more importantly with that please stay engaged with us you know we are proud to represent the 4.7 million hispanic owned businesses in america but if we can't find you we can't help you we can't connect with you please reach out to us sign up for our newsletter follow us on social media and reach out when you have a question when you have a hurdle when you just have an idea that's how the magic happens and we will 
love working with all of you. Um, Melanie's that way. She brings all of us together. I'm so glad she's on here, but we can't wait to connect with each and every one of you. Thanks. Let's go to Richard. Thanks, Hector. Thanks again to you and to everyone for the time this evening. Um, Just to add to what Brianna was sharing, two additional things as a recap. I think one we heard, please, 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 and and this kind of repeats what Brianna was saying, but get in touch with your local chamber. If you're a startup, if you're thinking of starting up a business or wherever you're at in the entrepreneurship, uh, you know, voyage, uh, please, please get in touch with your local chamber because that's the first step into making sure that you have a successful business. Uh, you know, we heard great stories about the Georgia Hispanic Chamber. It's and Norma do a great job out there. There are chamber leaders in Georgia. We heard, you know, Dr. Murillo in Houston. We heard the Sacramento Hispanic Chamber mentioned. Juan and Kathy do a great job out there as well. And we heard about the need to start one in Alabama because of how dire the need is out there for Latino business representation. So get in touch with your local chamber if you can't find one or if you're not sure where they're at. Feel free to contact us at the USHCC. We're happy to help connect you. And I guess the second one is just, you know, the work's just getting started with this administration. We have to hold them accountable, you know, in the spirit of legislative summit and all things policy. We have to make sure that we continue to work with them so that we make their commitments a reality for our community. So this is Richard and I'm done talking. Thanks so much, everyone. I think that the reason that this all came together was because of friendships, friendships that were built both on this platform, but then also longstanding friendships. And that's one I've certainly had with C. Leroy Cavazos, Vice President of Government Affairs for the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Without him, none of this would have been possible. He was the one that brought the big uh, collaboration to the table. And I'm like, yeah, we need to make this this conversation happen. Leroy, it reminds me of our times back in the day where we would be on AM radio on talk. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's beautiful to see this come full circle. Your thoughts and your takeaways from today. Well, no, Hector, you actually read my mind. I was just thinking that about the power of connectivity and friendship. And I think that we can all appreciate that and take it away from this. I mean, and we continue in that feat. Um, so proud um, that you and Richard are now official Georgetown brothers. Um, and so it, it continues. It doesn't stop. That That wave of connectivity continues and we continue to build each other up and do great things together. So thank you, Hector, for pushing us uh, to be a better organization and for helping us evolve the USHCC mission um, uh, across the country. I'm, I'm so excited uh, to be here on Clubhouse and interact with all these wonderful people. We look forward to seeing everybody tomorrow at the Legislative Summit and having another conversation with you guys about continuing to propel our community forward. Uh, it is our, it is the USHCC social, economic, and political responsibility to do that for our, our, our business leaders on this clubhouse and, and across the country. And we stand willing and ready with our sleeves completely rolled up to get to work um, and make things happen. So thanks a lot, Hector, mi amigo, mi hermano, Te te quiero mucho. Te mando un fuerte abrazo. Igualmente, igualmente, Leroy. And with that, I'll leave the final words to uh, the head of the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And I must say, Ramiro, I will say it again. I have been in awe of, of just watching your leadership since your days in San Antonio and now with what you're doing on behalf of the Latino business community, on behalf of the Latino community in the United States. I, I love the fact that you're there 
I, I, I feel excited just watching you there. I can only imagine how excited you are about tomorrow and about all of this. Well, Hector, muchísimas gracias. Thank you for your kind words. And uh, I, I want to thank Danayi. I want to thank Amber, uh, Chef, uh, Rodrigo, and of course, uh, our great chamber leader, Melanie. Thank you all for your warmth. Uh, your genuine friendship and, and your your passion for uh, for what we're doing. And I will just say to you, uh, Hector, that we have an excellent team uh, in Leroy, Richard, Brianna, and then we, we have uh, five or six other great colleagues and we're just getting started. I really mean that sincerely. The American dream is a Latino dream. And we uh, want to uh, create wealth and prosperity, improve our quality of life, make sure that we respect one another and that we make the, the changes, uh, not just in Washington, but in every state, including Alabama, Texas, California, any state that uh, deserves better and, and, and people expect better. So muchísimas gracias a ustedes. We're going to keep doing our job to uh, represent you, uh, to help our people get more contracts, get more contacts and more connections. Thank you and Clubhouse and the Amigos for hosting us. We look forward to seeing everyone tomorrow. Again, I'll just conclude. Uh, the el sueño americano, the American dream is a Latino dream. And, uh, and being Latino is a state of mind. Anyone that wants to be Latino you're welcome to join us because this is where we're headed and the future is bright and it is a, a Latino future for our nation, the largest economy in the world, driven by all of us. So muchísimas gracias to each of you for the work that you do to restore not just the pride in our culture, in our community, but to evolve uh, using innovation, technology, clubhouse, and of course, uh, our dreams becoming a reality. The American dream is Latino. I love it, Lamino, and I couldn't agree with you more. And so there you have it, an amazing, another amazing conversation. And one of the things we've been doing on the 28,000 day podcast has been talking about the day, making our days count. 28,000 days is the average lifespan of a human being. And just because we had this discussion today, the friendships, the knowledge that was exchanged it made this day count. So I can't thank all of you enough, and we will see you tomorrow at the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Conference. You can sign up online for free. You can join the workshops. You can be a part of it all. And then we will have another discussion tomorrow evening on one of the largest club, clubs on Clubhouse, the Talk Club. We will be there tomorrow at the same time to have a conversation with all of you. Thank you to everybody for joining. We will see you mañana. Gracias. Gracias a todos. Gracias. 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 See you in the hallways, guys.